language down or no, anything? A little no, colorful. No, okay. no I, I, I encourage <laughs> people to be themselves. Deal. I will I still be that. I, I won't not be myself. It's just I can um, be more creative and articulate in the way that I, instead of just dropping F-bombs all the time. I'm just no, passionate. Dude, you know? my, the, the only reason I don't <laughs> swear as much is because my wife just, after we had our daughter, um, she's like, Jesus, you have to like stop it. Stop it. <laughs> He's just swearing way too much. But uh, uh, can you just give our listeners, so guys, Brandon Thomas is our honorable guest today. Uh, Brandon, can you, in your own words, so I, I don't want to like butcher who you are. Can you tell the, the folks, what are you about and how did you sort of get into all this amazing esoteric shit that you're into? <laughs> I love it. Drop the S-bomb to make the guests feel comfortable. Thank you so much. <laughs> First of all, to, to your audience here, we've been chatting for a minute. This is one of the most remarkable uh, humans having a spiritual people having a human experience here I've ever met. Christian, you are oh, fantastic, oh, dude. Thank you, Absolutely fantastic. So we're going to start it there. So if you don't talk about how awesome you are enough on your own show, I'm going to do it for you for your audience <laughs> right so now. Much. So, well, thank you. So to take that there then and answer your questions, um, I would say that uh, as an honored honorable guest. I'm honored to be here. Uh, my name is Brandon Thomas. I uh, host a show called Expanding Reality. It's um, way bigger than me and has been the whole time. I've just been hanging on to this amazing UFO and just taking it wherever it goes and being in full surrender, which is, I guess, the thing here. So my uh, mission here, and I figured this out a while ago, is to give people back to themselves. That is my thing, you know, um, and I do this through a myriad of ways. Now on the show, we talk a lot about esoteric topics and I'll get back to how I got into that. But the reason uh, I've, I enjoy and just my heart is so passionate about things like the UFO phenomena, life after death, um, uh, ancient history, hidden history, time travel, like anything you can think of, all of that stuff in my mind, what it did, what it did for me, which is why I'm so passionate about it, was that it, it helped me, enabled me to form critical thinking skills. And with critical thinking skills, you can do anything. You can actually look around and go, hey, maybe the government's not who they say they are and, and not out for our best interest. And hey, maybe, you know, when Rockefeller said, I want a nation of uh, workers, not thinkers, that that probably wasn't good for us. But what it allows you to do is it allows you to think things through critically. You know, this idea of not questioning is the most dangerous thing ever. And one of the most dangerous sentences ever spoken by humanity is, well, that's the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. So if you if you go with this model of can't question anything, we're doing things this way uh, without your number one, full awareness and two, full consent, then you start to look at this place as well, you know, maybe there are things here as an opportunity for me to reevaluate the way that I interface with the reality air quotes around me and what what is it? What is that exactly? And then also uh, what that means for me. And really, I've um, through this entire process, which has been absolutely fascinating and, and ever going, which is you know, and I say this a lot, which is why the show is called Expanding Reality. Mm -hmm. The verb mm -hmm. was very important for me because it's that's what I'm living here, you know. So I got into the esoteric, though, about um, over 20 years ago. I was 18, uh, 17, 18, that bracket. I was introduced to psychedelics. There were some challenges going on at home. We had a huge move, which just really rocked us all uh, from a really small town to a really large city. And it just uh, on the psyche of this small uh Small town Texas uh, folks, it just it it took a lot out of us. Uh, then introduced to conspiracies, like I said, maybe perhaps there aren't um, the things that you're being told are not 100% accurate, and maybe there's more to investigate there. And then also introduced um, in that very short year and a half time period to conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. So. A uh, big uh, shakeup in me personally with cultural introductions and then some challenges at home. 
then a psychedelic experience, which opened my world to all things. Um, and then, you know, looking around going, hang on, everything out here is absolutely bullshit. Okay. And then, or a conspiracy rather. And then also being um, gifted the insights for something called unity consciousness and spirituality. And all of that occurred within the same time. And that set me on this massive trajectory. And I, because I thank, you know, whatever, my higher self, God, any of it for all of that air quotes shit at the time. But my God, I mean, it turned me into who you see here today, who is of just awesome service. Like I'm just, I'm grateful for my heart. I'm grateful for my perspectives. And if I hadn't um, gone through, let's say the challenges just, you know, for you, of course, now, but at the time to you, right? If you hadn't uh, experienced that, it wouldn't be the level of service you're able to commit because you can't be empathetic. And there are a lot of things I can empathize with, and I still have a boundless optimism within this. So what I like to empower people with is that um, perhaps there was a program running here, let's say, you know, just for shits and gigs, that there's something going on here that's perhaps not altruistic. But the way that you experienced it was so necessary in its purity of unalterism, like it needed to be purely bullshit for you to experience that so that you can see what actual shit is. And it's a discernment tool in my mind. It's a way for you to calibrate your experience here and what you desire. And you experience a lot of things you don't prefer so that you know exactly what you do prefer. In my mind, it's just the way I've learned things. You know, when my mom was like, don't touch that, it's hot. That's the first damn thing I wanted to do was find out what hot meant. Yeah. Because then I was like, well, that's subjective, right? Because I've touched things before and it wasn't that hot. And she freaked <laughs> out about it. So what does that mean, right? So I started looking at the subjectivity of this place and seeing that what I was observing in my reality, which is the basis of all science, by the way, was not jiving with the science that people were saying was actual science. So I, and I'm not to say that I've got it all figured out. I'm some, you know, um, crazy science person. I'm not. But what I do, what I will say is a lot of the observations don't jive. And a, a lot of other folks have figured this out as well. This is why the flat earth conversation is a thing. This is why uh, the subjectivity of the UFO phenomena is a thing. This is why folks look around and just go, hang on, but you're, you're saying this, but clearly something behind your back is going on. And this is why conspiracy theories are so fascinating is because they shine a light on things that on authoritative figures that you were told to listen to and that you're told that that is the ultimate authority and that your parents listen to and that their parents listen to. And so you're just handed down this nonsense. But what I love about the perspective I have of it now is that, man, the nonsense needed to be there. Like you needed to be handed all this stuff so you could sort, you laid it all on, on a table uh, at this time, whatever that means. So there's a, a lot connected to this as well with the like age of Aquarius and is this uh, this new time frame to where these new energetic shifts are happening, and the sun's changing and the Schumann resonance. So you ask yourself, was well, it environmental factors that have made us more able to be of higher awareness? You know, does it inflate our balloon, our cognitive balloon to where we're able to hold more air inside that balloon, meaning awareness? And so with all of this, you kind of you dance around this place and you're just like, OK, there's a lot of noise out here. And now this guy's here telling me that um, your reality is created by you and that perhaps um, this is way more subjective than you think and that maybe the things out there are meant to scare you to encourage you to see that not uh, threaten you to death you know that I look at danger and threat very very differently which I'd love to get into you but maybe that answered your question there's just it's such a far-reaching topic you know to introduce <laughs> oneself and to say hey yeah, audience I'm yeah. here and wrap up like I guess over 20 years worth of um, yeah. observations and experiences and that little intro there so yeah yeah but were you always this upbeat optimistic positive or yeah yeah you were always like that 
Uh, yeah, I've always just kind of seen this place as a ride. I really yeah. have. It's never been that serious. I sort of look at the seriousness of this place and just go, hmm. And, and again, you know, what, a, what I saw a lot was these repetitious patterns. And I guess my thing is, that, number one, I'm absolutely, I'm way more curious than I am scared. So mm -hmm. my curiosity way outweighs my fear, which I think is for most of us, right? And when you get the opportunity to, to overcome that fear and to satiate that curiosity, then it's something that you find that is just so fascinating. And then again, you'll, you'll see things in your world to where you're like, well, whenever my, let's just say parents, um, just because this is a, an easy one for young children, when all of this is being established, because this is that, you know, moment, that indoctrination period that that priest talked about in the 1500s, you give me a kid from ages of zero to seven, I'll give you a Catholic for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. What do they mean by that? <clears throat> are they, do they perhaps have some insight that there's something going on from those years of zero to seven that maybe we're not really told out in the public? Now, we are told that that's the theta brainwave state. That's a very impressionable age when young minds are being molded. And, you know, technically they say you're not a full adult until you're like 25, 28 sometimes for uh, men. So you look at that type of maturity of brain age. Well, why are in the, in the middle of it, we were being bombarded with all these ego structures, these systems, these heavy things that these kids are supposed to rationalize and you're just like well why is it so heavy and why do i see my parents going through these stressful cycles you know in the middle of this stuff as a child and this idea of what's going on here air quotes you know i i really do have a strong feeling now where i'm at with my perspective is that it it happens at that time like that's your that's your window of opportunity to find out what either they're going to have to heal from or what they're going to thrive through so which are really honestly the same thing but so again let's let's say that you didn't have that ego structure and that you grew up in a perfect world where everything was absolutely awesome and then you take a move to somewhere like the states where that wasn't a thing you were just in some m night Shyamalan, um uh, isolated community that you could just sit in and and you didn't know that like they had a no-fly zone and everything and you had no idea so if you hop out into this world, you're going to be absolutely ill prepared to do anything of good in it. You are going to be scared shitless. You'll probably die really, really quickly, right? Because there's no reference point for the environment in which you're operating. Now, if you choose a path of service, then dude, your, your indoctrination period, it's heavy. It has to be. Because again, you need to be fortified fortuitously in that young period of time for it to be something so valuable for you to break out of so that you can show people the skills. You know, you broke out of Shawshank prison, which is a mental, right? This mental idea of any construct, uh, limitation, scarcity, um, religion, if that's, you know, something that's heavy, anything that's super, super heavy that restricts you from being who you are, which means restricts you from being of maximum service to this place, then you can see those things as absolutely beneficial from where I am now. And this is why I have this boundless optimism. I had a really, really tough time from the junior to senior year with, with one of my parents. And, and it was always something to where, I would always look at it as like, they're just doing the best they can with the information they have at the time. It wasn't a, I mean, you go through this, of course, because you're in it, you're still in a human suit. It's not like I walked through this place and was just like, oh, everything's going to work out. Yeah. I always had a natural tendency towards optimism. But when things got really, really heavy, like I said, in, the, in that time period, it really challenged that optimism. And that's sort of what this place does. It says, oh, you want to, the old saying that, oh, uh, my grandmother had, uh, oh, don't ever pray for patience, honey, because you're not going to get patience. You're going to get a bunch of situations that you're going to need to strap on patience to survive. And that's sort of the point of this, right? You're not granted instant anything. You're granted instant opportunity to experience that which you say that you want. But again, there's a whole indoctrination period in there that you need to go through to 
to be of service now. So if we look at that sort of on a micro scale and what I've been sort of focused on now, especially in my personal life for uh, the past four months now, I've been doing this morning routine that has completely changed my life. And it's because I viewed the day as a micro life, right? So you wake up in the morning, that's birth. You go to uh, sleep at night. Who knows what really happens? Maybe your body stays there the whole time. Maybe um, everything's obliterated and you just wake up with the memories of something that they said is life, right? We go deep with this shit. But if you think about this, then every day you get an opportunity to have a new seven-year window, whatever percentage that is out of the day, of an indoctrination period to change your life. Mm-hmm. Now, you can either reinforce the things that were stuck in you before and you can say, oh, poor is me. You can get on your phone. You can instantly look at all the bad things in the world. Or you could alchemize that first part of your day. Don't touch my, my routine. Don't touch the phone uh, for the first hour at least. Um, water before coffee, absolutely. I've got you know a whole journaling practice that I'm involved in. And I do coaching on this as well. So if mm-hmm. anyone's interested, reach out. Mm-hmm. So if you can alchemize that first part of your day, excuse me, and then what you do is you set the tone, right? And so if you think of these as mini lives, then this is, this is how you alchemize. And then you constantly are leveling up as you go to sleep rather than either staying the same or dropping back down in, let's say, vibration, which really all that means is alignment for your desires. That's it. So there, there are interesting ways in which, again, I've been looking at this place cyclically. Now, to get back to your question to the original, the things that I saw repeating in cycles in my family's life, like, oh, we don't have enough for this, and then it would work out. Oh, we, oh this is going to go crazy and be horrible, and then it would work out. And I've noticed this in my own life as well. I mean, and I'm sure anyone can empathize out there. We have a lot of conversations in our mind about things that we would say to people or things we should have said or should have done or how we would react if this happens. But what's fascinating about this is you're committing so much mental energy and time into things that don't happen. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I observed very, very early on. It's like the more people are like, oh, this, the, what's the worst that can happen? What's the, it doesn't occur. And so I was sitting there thinking, what a, <clears throat> at a, as a child, I didn't use this language, but I would sit there and say, what a masturbatory exercise. Like, why would you sit there and just commit so much energy and worry and uh, to something rather than in that same amount of time, you could have been like hugging us or taking us to a waterfall or um, teaching us about something valuable like taxes or like growing food or something, right? So there's all sorts of opportunities here. And in each moment, we have those. And something I noticed early on was like, hey, why don't we alchemize those moments rather than fret over them? Like, is that just part of this place? Is that just the modus operandi? And so I think some kids come in with that kind of shit, a little bit of extra insight, perhaps. But again, um, nowadays, it seems, especially with the children, I'm t- uh, the parents who have children that I'm speaking with now, I am blown away by what these kids are doing, by what they're seeing, how perceptive they are, how much insight they have. And it's a joy to see. It's beautiful. Uh, just a question. So do, in your morning routine, is, do you ask yourself those four questions that you were, you were talking about earlier? Can you, can, if you don't mind sharing, what were they Not again? at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll even, uh, if you want, we can do the morning routine. If everybody wants to get a pen and pad, um, and then you can just listen back to this whenever you'd like. Mm, yeah. So my morning thing, every morning, every morning I can. Now, this is as consistent as I can make it. There's no ubiquity here, which is also part of having a strong morning routine is understanding the flexibility in it and not judging yourself when, let's say you're in Utah, you know, for four days doing this contact at the candy thing and you don't have access to your normal thing, right? So here's the normal everyday, um, all the time routine that I do uh, all the time. So wake up uh, before 5 a.m. 
um, with a clear, positive vision for my life and my day, a clear, positive vision. You get anything in the mind that sits there in the morning, sit there and ask yourself about it. Sit there, just be very, very positive. If you are ever going to play the what if game, first of all, you only, I only play it. What's the best that can happen, right? <clears throat> Excuse me again. I came back from Utah, so my voice is a little cracky. Okay. So you only play what's the best that can happen. So in the morning there, you could sit there and some folks take that as an opportunity to think about all the things that are bad or all the things that suck or all the things they don't want to do that they're not looking forward to that day. And that's absolutely a way to do things. And you will constantly find things in your life to bitch about if that's what you want. And there's a big esoteric reason I believe for that. We could talk about it, but either way, the morning routine, very, very, the morning routine, very, very, um, optimistic, very just delusionally amazing. Oh my God, everything's awesome. The temperature in the house is perfect. Hey, look, I woke up with all, all my extremities that I went to bed with. That's wonderful, <laughs> right? So uh, all of those things very important in my mind. Now, I also am a coffee drinker. I used to drink too much and then uh, that would create anxiety. So what I do is I just have one cup and then maybe a decaf after always water first, always water first, just down eight to 12 ounces, whatever you can stomach, just chug, 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 get some water in you. That kickstarts your kidneys in the morning. That that does a lot of great things. Also, it'll thin out the caffeine anxiety from caffeine if you consume it. Uh, if not, still water in the morning. Okay. So uh, no phone in that first hour window. No phone. You, again, thinking back to this concept of uh, indoctrination period within that first little bit of your day, if you think about it like this, then that's your opportunity to seize and alchemize all of those energies and make it whatever you want. Now, you can't predict your day, which why would you want to? The universe out here surprising the shit out of you all the time. It just loves it. Uh, so you can't predict this, but what you can do is walk into it with this confidence, with this um, newfound understanding and awareness that you really do have control over this. And if you have control over anything, it's the way you feel about things. And that is what really changes your life. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, if you think of um, manifestation or anything like that, like you're always manifesting from your moment of now. So those ideals are something that you really want to be mindful of or that I really wanted to be mindful of. And I'll just be very clear here. This is what I did. I am no like expert on anything. The expert I am most of is on me. And that's all I can show you is what I did. So no phone in the first hour, uh, water for sure. Now I always do my age in push-ups. So it doesn't matter what you do, some sort of physical activity. Uh, if you want to do sit-ups, you want to do five push-ups. That's fine. Just do something that is, you know, physically active, right? Um, again, it doesn't matter what it is. I do my age, which is 40. I'm 40 years old. So I do mm. 40 pushups every day. And that is a, you do 10 here, 10 here, 10 here. It doesn't matter. Just within that window, a committed time of physical exercise of whatever you're choosing, right? Again, if you want to do five, awesome. Guess what? It was five more than you were doing, right? Same thing to the five, read five pages of something, anything, a uh, book. Let's replace that dopamine drip that you get from, uh, the morning scroll there and replace it with, something educational, something inspiring, something fiction, whatever you want. Uh, I would prefer if you're reading two books or the recommendation rather that I have, I have no preference for what you do, uh, would be that uh, something positive, something inspiring in the morning. If you're reading something heavy as far as like a fiction novel or something with um, some fear-based things that you're actively enjoying, I would save that for the evening and replace it in the morning. I've got oodles of suggestions. I've already read, I'm on my eighth book this year, actually. Nice. Uh, and only from this process of reading 20 to 30 minutes in the morning. That's mm -hmm. it. I'm not a super fast reader. Uh, mm -hmm. The one I will recommend to start is the one I started with. I've read this book about 20 times okay. easily. It is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I think I have it on Kindle. That one. God, I'm sure you do. Uh, it, may, it would make sense that you do. 
So uh, this little 115-page book, double-spaced, easy, 130-something uh, pages, but uh, incredible. So I highly recommend mm -hmm. this or this caliber of type stuff for that morning read commitment. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, you're like five pages. How's it? Five pages is sort of a minimum thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say get your routine going and then you know, always read more if you want. That's, sure. I always read more than five pages. Like I always do. Yeah. It's just I set that standard for me as a, of course, like of course I can do that because sometimes it'll be tight, like with time and stuff. Yeah. So beyond that, uh, I will engage in a journaling practice. So I have my things, right? I have my ultimate. Uh, and this is a Dewey Taylor thing. I have my ultimate desired um, downloads, minimum downloads for the show, for progression and all of that, goals. And then I also have my minimum salary. And that is broken up into year, month, week, and day. I know to the day how much that salary comes out to. And what that is is a mental practice for you to wrap your mind around. And whatever that number is, make it realistic. If you feel unworthy, then good. Be in alignment to that or adjust it. Whatever that is, memorize it whatever that is. And uh, Dewey's, um, and I can't brag on Dewey Taylor enough. We were talking to him about, uh, talking about him a little bit before we got on here. So I just want to throw him a shout out, the manifestor's <laughs> guide. Guys, if you want to change your damn life, go there. Um, in fact, uh, expanding reality, all caps, no spaces is the promo code and he'll take care of you on that. So Dewey has this thing of most people say, oh, I want to be a millionaire. Well, what does that look like? Like a lot of people don't even know what a million dollars looks like. Number one, what would that look like taxed? Uh, what percentage would you give away? Yeah. What does that look like coming to you? Do you get a lump sum? And then what's what's that look like? Does it come in every other week? You know, do you get this every week? Do you get it once a month? So break those numbers down and really wrap your mind around it because there will be some triggers in there. Like if you are scared of getting a lot of money, but you want a lot of freedom, then figure that out. Like where where is that at? Um, there's there's always indicators in these kinds of practices, which again, all this is, is so you can get a better relationship with you. That's what the noise and out there is attempting to distract you from, in my opinion. So if you shut that off, you have your morning routine, you set that tone. You, you I just need to start calling this the unstoppable routine because that's what it is. After you do this, you are absolutely unstoppable. You will change your life in 21 days. That's what I did. It was 21 days, a little over a month, somewhere in that window when things just pop, 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 pop. And then I started needing to be ready to be as happy as I've ever been. And that's all I've been doing is manifesting fortification for my ultimate elation and highest service that I'm able to provide. And it's it keeps showing me that, which is, again, something I recommend. So journaling practice, let's talk about that. Journaling um, is something that I use um, one book, let's say, on the, I use two pages full across, full spread. So on the left face, I do a moon tracker. So I'm always tracking the moon. I want to know mm -hmm. what my my inner um, interface with that is. And it's just sort of a really cool thing to get in the habit of doing. So I enjoy that. As well as if you do a, any sort of manifestation practice or any sort of mindfulness practice, it doesn't have to be manifestation then there's sort of cycles that some folks claim are based on the moon. And so I participate in that as well. So tracking that has been beneficial. Uh, so under that moon thing, we have the daily design method. Now, this is something I picked up, I don't know when, years ago, um, but it was fascinating. So I incorporated it into my journaling practice, and it is four questions that you ask yourself every single day. Again, I'm going to just run through these so you guys should stop and back yeah. up or replay it or whatever. So question one, how do I want to feel today? Question two, who do I want to be today? Question three, what do I want to give 
today? Thank you, Christian, for helping me answer that one today, buddy. Uh, and number four, what do I want to receive today? Getting goosebumps again. Uh, are you? Okay, good, good. This is what I'm talking about. It's all alignment. So these four questions right here, answer them honestly. Let's just, you know, uh, how do I want to feel today? Unstoppable, powerful, calm, um, absolute alignment with my highest self. Uh, who do I want to be today? Sometimes the same thing. I, I will often, those two for me are the same, so they double reinforce the energy. You know, what do I want to give today? My time, wisdom, love, uh, anything like that, right? And then these are things that you really sit down and answer honestly with yourself every day. They don't have to be long and elaborate, but they can be as long and elaborate as you'd like. So those are just introspective things. Now, underneath that, I will do, and this is all still on the left side. There's just a few like activities I have. Also with my publishing house for digital, I will be putting a copy of this exact journal out. It's got a whole badass oh, like template and it's got little things to it. So I'll, I'll be getting that out as soon as I can sit sweet. down to publish it. But Thank you. Yeah. It, oh, I'll send you one, dude. Absolutely. Oh, sweet. Bro. So uh, those uh, daily design and then underneath that, the mantra, any mantra you want. It's just like I said, a focal point instead of my life sucks because which is a mantra some people like to focus on. Perhaps you alternate it out and maybe even just every other time uh, with something like the universe provides options or something like um, fear keeps me from getting what I want. I now release fear and any emotion connected to its vibration. I am meant for rapid positive progression. That's a great one. Another one would be, I am now in my highest timeline and my deepest desires and ultimate fulfillment. So again, these are small little just mantras. There's a ton of these. Um, I recommend, uh, Christian, I'm sure you could do these and, and provide some for your listeners, but also Pat Mahan does a wonderful job of this. Uh, Nicole Eaton on Instagram does a wonderful job of this. Um, they're just to name a few. Those are some that I uh, regular regularly Pat, frequent in my Pat, algorithm, which I love. Who? Pat. Pat Mahan. Oh my God. You've Mahan. got it. Christian, I'm hooking you up with him anyway. Hang on. I'm going to write that. <laughs> I'm noting that on my end. So oh, bro, Pat bro. Mahan runs a show called uh, Like Attracts Like, and it okay. is easily one of the most incredible things. Pat's one of the most incredible dudes. I'll get you connected. <laughs> you'll see. You'll get to, uh, you'll get oh, to see. So uh, mantra practice for sure. Just something small. It, didn't, it can be, again, guys, as elaborate and as amazing or as simple and profound. Like the universe provides options. I sit there on that one for weeks and that one was very interesting. Whenever you're feeling stagnant, whenever you're feeling stuck, whenever you feel like you don't have any choices, that has been the go-to mantra uh, because it's true, number one. Um, and number two, it really, it gives perspective. You know, when you're in a foxhole or you're just dunked in water, it's hard to see what's around you with clear, with clarity, right? But with, from a calm place, you can really start to see these things. So again, the universe provides options. Oh, it must because it's true right? It's just sometimes it can be a little uh, challenging to see from certain states. So uh, then I would do a gratitude practice. Very important. You're always grateful for something. You've got um, all your extremities, again, that you went to bed with. Uh, you've got a roof over your head, if that's true. You've got water anytime you want it. You have so many things to be grateful for. Yeah. And again, the noise out there, whatever that means, whatever squawking from the box, right, that demands your attention and that says how you should feel and react. Those energies all have the same sort of face for me. And so whenever I look at something like that, it tells me that there's not in, in that world, that energy tells me that they're not grateful. And the reason is because there's always something more to buy. There's always something more you should be doing. And there's always something you were doing that's wrong that you should be doing now different or, you know, any of those things, right? The way you are is wrong because of this. So when you look at things like that, what it, in my mind, again, it, it takes a, uh, it drains you of appreciation and appreciation is the highest vibration you can experience here. That gratitude, that love of just every damn breath that you got. 
um, even in the shittiest of situations, air quotes, it, it's it, you're still here and that those shitty air quotes things are happening for you mm-hmm. when you see it that way. So yeah. again, a gratitude practice keeps you in that high vibrational state. And whenever you're out, you're listening to people telling you how bad you are, how stuck you are, how uh, lack you are, you know, it's, it's challenging to remain in that gratitude. So this is a big part of it too. It's this replaces the need to be told that you're doing things wrong constantly. Uh, because you're reinforcing what's valuable to you, which is really the only life meaning has is what you give it. So if you're allowing other folks um, to produce that meaning for you in your life, then that's most of the time where people feel agitated and they don't feel comfortable is because they're being led around by a muzzle, you know, that that, that was put on for them. But the good news is you can take that damn thing any, off anytime yeah. you want. So gratitude practice is very important. And then we move, uh, oh, and then also on the bottom page, and again, there's like a sectioned out thing for my journal template that I'll show you guys. This will all make more sense how I can fit all that on one page. But then underneath that as well, I track my book, my reading. Like I said, I'm on um, eighth book of the year. I just, uh, title of the book, author, uh, the chapter I'm on, and what page from where to where. So that's just a small little way that I do that on the left side every morning. On the right side, I just write my day, any um, actions, observations, feelings, events, anything like that. Uh, And then also there's two parts on that as well that are kind of off to the side. One is what I'm releasing for the day. I have this whole um, Tulpa Thought Ninja thing that really helped me with cognitive spirals in my deepest time when I met Dewey. And uh, that is something I practice daily with the um, releasing. So I write down all the things that I'm releasing, stagnancy, uh, imposter syndrome, lack, worthiness, anything like that. And I I draw a katana line through it like it's cut. Like it's visually been removed from my experience, right? Well, and then underneath that, at another part, there's a magnet with little lines coming out of it, and that's what I'm attracting, right? That's what I'm in uh, magnetic alignment for. So again, these are—it's all very visual, and this has like yeah. real cool. It's a badass template, honestly. I, I don't have one that's uh, blank or I'd show you, but I'll—I'll I'll send you one as soon as I get it up. I know nice, I'm hyping you up about it because it's awesome. <laughs> so that's my morning um, journaling practice, and it's like I said, maybe. Uh, first hour, hour and a half, something like that is what I do. I usually will. I mean, sometimes this practice, I will sit in it for like two hours, dude. Yeah, I'll be reading. I'll go outside and uh, do my walk. I'll do just a little, you know, five minute um, sea of silence as um, Ram Dass called it, just a small little quiet moment, just a little reflection, sitting with the animals, you know, breathing the fresh air outside. Like these are, this is the way I start my day. Now, I understand that people have kids and I understand that there are routines and I understand that there are things like that. But what you can say is, is that you always have time for the bullshit. So perhaps you could make just a little bit of time for the improvement so that the bullshit goes away. The bullshit is only repetitive because you, in my mind, continue to refocus on it, which makes it perpetual. All you've got to do is shift that focus to something else. Now, Mm -hmm. there's an echo. There's about a 21 day a week, a month echo. But that's the way this place works that I, in my observation. And again, mm-hmm. all I can tell you is what I did for me. Uh, this changed, and I mean changed my life. I jumped to new timelines, if you believe in that. I, <laughs> I'm, not in the, I'm not the same uh, entity inhabiting this physical body. Like it's very, it is that amount of change. So when you say there's a 21-day echo, you mean like before you sort of start noticing the feedback from the universe? Yeah, if you think about it, like when you jump in, let's say when you get out of like a cold water, we just did cold plunges with Brandon Powell in um, Utah, you don't get warm right away, right? There's a there's a little bit of time where it takes your body time to get warm. What how manifestation and all of that has been explained to me was is that you're always living an echo of your past manifestation. So you can actually look around and you could say, 
oh, I'm bombarded by too much stuff in my house. And that is per- maybe true. It's, it can be true for all of us, right? But if you look around at every damn thing in your house, you wanted it at some point. Yeah. It was something that you were like, oh, I can't wait to get this. So it, that's a manifestation, right? So the things in your life now that perhaps you don't desire, because perhaps we all have that, you know, until you get to a point where you really see this the way that I do, that you will have those things. But the good news is you can change them. And the greater news is with a true commitment to this, a, a, a genuine go at it, as they say, you can do it in a month, less than two months, your life will be completely different. Now, I will say as a caveat to this, anyone who's decided to change their life, things seem to fall apart around you. Uh, people leave, uh, your um, you know, partner's pissed off at you, maybe you guys get a divorce, maybe, maybe something worse, I don't know. Uh, but these types of things are indicators that what was in your life, those are the things that resonate out because you've chosen something different. So those are the things not in vibrational alignment. Those are the things that don't match up to the desires that you are in alignment for. And so when you see things go away in your life, that is the best indicator. Dewey said this when I started working with him, actually, I remember the first week, awesome. Second week, absolute shit. I go, Dewey, (laughs) everything's falling apart. He goes, and he's sitting there with this shitty grin on his face, watching me (laughs) pour my heart out through tears, going, why is everything falling apart? And he goes, outstanding. He goes, you're doing it right which was like ridiculous. I'm like, what do you mean? My life's crashing down around me. I'm like, what are you talking about? But it made so much sense. And I totally get it now. And and that's why I also have the same smile. And this is people will do this. They'll tell me it's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Is that what it says? (laughs) Absolutely. It's falling into place. Like you need this. If you think about like all the stuff, you got to clean stuff out. I want to do his best. Um, and this is just going to be an advertisement for Dewey Taylor. I love that man. He saved my life. I don't give a shit. Um, so he said, you know, one of the best ones is the idea of a law of compensation, right? A lot of people want new things, but they won't give up something else. Now you and I know that this equates to giving up, uh, toxic, attachments that we have to things that aren't in alignment for what we say we want. You were absolutely in alignment for it. And that's why you have hold of it, right? So if you just shift what you want, you shift your alignment. Now that goes away so that you can hold what you really want. So again, this law of compensation, his analogy for this, which was just, man, it clicked in my head. He goes, when you want a new couch in your home, in your living room, you don't go out, buy a new couch and then stick it in the living room. What do you do? You take the old couch out. You must make room for the new couch. This is absolutely how this works. Now the the thing is, and what's fascinating about this place, these, again, ego structures we discussed earlier, this par- um, program, if you want, the matrix, whatever you want to call it, there's absolutely a zeitgeist here that would prefer folks be a certain way, vote a certain way, live a certain way, eat a certain way, right? And they're, in my mind, they go against what I like and what I want. Now, it's not to say that what they want is wrong. It's just to say that that's an option of experience that I'm choosing the other side of, but I'm grateful that it exists so that I can know that that's not what I want right? Mm -hmm. So when you start looking at things this way, it's all energy, it's all vibration. And the more you're like, Oh, fuck this, I don't want this, the more it is right there in your face, it is hugging you like a little baby koala. And it will never let you go because you are so attached to the idea that you don't want it. And what's so fascinating about this, it has no morality. This is why let's say, for instance, there may be, I don't know, let's say that there's somebody out there with an enormous amount what we call a resource that's very valuable for us called money. And let's say that they perhaps don't do things necessarily on board with what we are vibrational alignment with, like let's say worker conditions, let's say wrapping suicide nets around a building rather than improving the conditions of the labor force, right? They have a shitload of money. So what's that about, right? You sit there and say, well, what's virtue for if if virtue isn't for uh, being able to attract your desires? Because it has nothing to do with that. It's all vibrational alignment. So this idea of like good guys, bad guys, all of that, it's a, it's a non-issue in my mind. 
It's all alignment. There are many labels that can be put on it, but when I reframed it from that vernacular, that's when it made sense to me the most. I'm like, got it. So all they need to do is be in alignment, anyone, anyone, for what you want, and you get it. That's it. But a lot of people focus on what they don't want, and so they're in alignment with that as well because they keep getting it. You see what I mean? Mm. It's an interesting, it's a mindfuck paradox is what yeah. it is. But the interesting part is when you really see it, and then you can't unsee it, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is... um. Bro, you need to like write a book or something. Like seriously. Uh, you know, I, we're doing a lot. Thank you, but I appreciate it. What I will do though is I'll keep coming and hanging out with you and then you just put these out and and we'll get it out to the people faster than yeah. I can sit down there and write. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely. But it's coming. Thank you. I definitely will cut out that morning routine clip at some point and publish that after this episode is published as a separate thing. I, I mean, I'm even thinking I'll, I'll make like a, a web page on my on my website so you know I, just the most interesting bits and pieces from the podcast because oh, it would be a, a, an awesome way to dude i love it man i love it and well, that's I, an awesome idea too though, yeah. to highlight parts of the um yeah spots that were very valuable or you find valuable and that yeah. you would like for folks to focus on rather than committing to the full episode so that's since brilliant. yeah since last kind of october or november i started um asking my um my guests a question near the end for a, a segment I will eventually start publishing solutions talk. So because oh. I I had a period, a dark period of my life where I was a little bit too deep into the conspiracy stuff. And I realized that when I only realized that after I stopped researching so much and listening to so many of my, you know, favorite podcasts about conspiracies, I became happier. And once I started focusing more on solutions, I, my general, feeling you know this general energy just shifted so i noticed also we we're talking a lot about the illuminati on the podcast so i had to like interject this even if we talk about dark stuff to have some positivity but in this case we just hit the ground running which i love you know because i i, I it, it, like what you said is so brilliant bro because it's it almost seems like this reality, all the the distasteful things that are happening in reality, is a way for us to tick tick off all of the things that we are not, and we eventually we will find what we are. Um, but to be honest, focusing on the good on the good things, on the positive aspects, the manifesting aspects is also fucking nice. What is, and it's brilliant what you said, and the analogy I use to this, because that's an awesome observation, dude, is the uh, Edison thing. Now, that's the only, I guess, good quote of out of Edison's that I've found yet. I'm not a fan of him, like, murdering elephants in the street to, you know, get at Tesla or whatever. But one of the things that he said, um, or he's quoted for saying, that I'll, I will say that because I don't know if he said it or not, um, is, is that, you know, he didn't fail at making a light bulb a thousand times. He found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. And that's, that's valuable, right? So that is something that you can pass on. And this is another thing that's uh, very important with this mindset is... Uh, alchemizing everything. So uh, there's this concept called NLP or neuro-linguistic mm -hmm. programming, right? And so then there's, you look at the ancient concept of abracadabra. Well, what does that mean? That means as I speak, I create, literally. So what, and then how did God create the universe in the in Genesis, right? With the word. So if you are a participant in manifestation, NLP or neuro-linguistic programming, in my mind is your first step. It is it is seeing where in your mind you are doing the most damage to your words by creating your reality through falsities and old programs that you've picked up that somebody else installed in that little seven-year window 
uh, money is hard to come across. I must work very hard to get money. Um, I don't deserve blah, 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 because whatever. Like any of these things, number one, they're false truths, which is what that means is, is that they're only true because you believe them. They are not true really. And the second that you choose a different path, you will realize that that is truth. So then the question is, is what is truth, period, right? And I don't necessarily subscribe to an idea of an overarching truth. I believe this place is extremely subjective and that there are absolutely multiple ways to view the exact same thing, even with contradictory energies, and be completely correct. It's called dichotomy, that two things can exist contradictory in the same place at the same time. And this idea of alchemy, though, what that really means is alchemizing those situations and taking those little words and those little understandings of energy and projection. Now, again, rather this is air quotes true or not, when I changed this, when this became an awareness in my reality is when my entire life changed, my entire life. I am not manipulatable. That's why I'm the most dangerous person on the planet. I am not manipulable. And I don't know if that's a true statement or what, but that is an extremely valuable place to be because I am so free that it can't be put on me. And so I'm not part of that game anymore. And you want to talk about ultimate power and freedom. It's that. You, you're unfuckwithable, and that's all it is. So the idea of mental fortitude here is what we're talking about. But alchemy comes whenever you see an energetic situation and you say, fuck that, I'm not subscribing to that energy that's being put on me as an option of experience because that's all it is. Anything you get here are options of experience. So if you would prefer to choose a different option of experience, if you're like, you know what, what I've been choosing, because that's what it is, first of all, recognize it then I don't prefer anymore. So what I'll do is I'll just ride out the last little bit of this manifestation echo. I'll get real deep down into what I do want with my journaling practice, with reading, with turning news and shit off. Because all that's doing is influencing me on a bunch of shit I don't want, even subconsciously, even if you're like, oh, I watch it, but it doesn't uh, bother me. If you want to prove that to yourself, turn it off uh, for just 20 days, something like that. Go in a detox, as they say. Now, this is good for anybody, even if you're very involved in it, even very involved in super positive shit. Go on uh, social media detoxes. They're very important. Go out in nature, walk barefoot in the grass, just sit outside, something like mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I believe that we were talking about, get me back on track with your question because I started going off there. Bro, I don't even remember. Okay, that's fair. So <laughs> I wanted to say that it was something about actionable. Um... Sorry, I just, I just my my uh, computer just told me uh, like I have no space left. So I oh, had to very quickly perfect. delete a couple of things just to make space because this, this, this recording too. could crash. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, I, I, so we, you you started talking about um, NLP. And yes, so thank what, you. Perfect. What we, yeah. That's all I needed. Okay. Perfect. Thank you very much. NLP. So neurolinguistic programming. As I speak, I create. Take words like trying out of your vocabulary. Okay. There's a wonderful little meme that I got, and it was, um, I'm not a triceratops, I'm a do-ceratops. <laughs> It's so dumb, but and silly and beautiful and brilliant. I love it, you're and I a, quote it all the time. An American, you're an American. Perfect. Right? Yes, and then my Mexican <laughs> friends say the same thing. I'm not a Mexican. I'm a Mexican. Right. And, and so you you look at it from this way, then, and what you're really doing again is alchemizing. So these are the things like um, some of the examples I've heard other people use is uh, one step forward and two steps back is not setback. It's the cha cha. Right. You're just dancing. Um, the other thing is um, you know, one that I like is uh, whenever, you know, if you happen to trip or fall or something like that, you don't say, oh, I fell down the stairs. That sucks. You say, oh, I made it down the stairs really fast. This is always the way that I've sort of alchemized this. You know, I've always been able to find that spark of humor and fun and joy. It's the same way when a parent, I mean, you're a parent. So 
whenever your kid falls, you have that moment of alchemy there. You can either go, oh my God, and run over and freak out, or you can start laughing and go, oh man, that was a gnarly fall. That Oops. was great. And yeah. what happens? Their reaction is based on your reaction. Yeah, yeah. So really think about that. You are projecting alchemy onto your children, and then you're teaching them that valuable skill that they will be able to then turn in to the rest of their life. And it's not some sort of delusionary, toxic, like if you, if, if anyone's sitting out there thinking, oh, this guy's just a pushover, he walks over, no, my motto is do no harm, but take no shit. Uh, I live in Texas. We are very able to survive. We're very able to take care of ourselves. What I mean by this is, is the delusion comes from just being pushed and pulled from the rocks. When you take control of your life, you become a warrior because what you're doing is you're battling the program that wishes, number one, you'd wake up, but number two, its job is to make you think that it doesn't want you to wake up. So again, it's the mom telling you it's hot. My mom perhaps wanted me to know what hot was, and so perhaps she had the insight to tell me not to do it because she knows how I work. All of humanity, for the most part, works like this. You must find adversity. You must learn how this place works to survive it so you're not falling off cliffs and getting hit by buses and shit. And then also, uh, you then find out that perhaps what this heaviness was was to inspire the next part of it to be all about creation and service based on the observations you've had with no judgment, you, you know, to sit there and say, oh, I hate this because that sucks. That's all way to do it. But again, it's, it's alchemy here. So is that providing the solutions energy into the situation or is it still being a participant in that energy just at a combative level? Think about manifestation and morality. It doesn't care. It just wants you involved, right? Just like any algorithm on your phone, it doesn't give a shit what you're watching. It just wants you involved. So it sends you more of whatever gets you on the most. Extrapolate this out. It's all scalable. Your algorithm on your phone is one of the best metaphors I've found in my personal life for my actual life. It's whenever I stopped participating in dumb shit, the dumb shit started, stopped popping up in my toroidal algorithm field of my reality. It was an, it was an interesting observation. And again, I applied it to... Um, Social media. Uh, a lot of people have feelings about TikTok. Now, rather I, rather those feelings are their own, or rather they've been told to feel that way and are very passionate about that ideal. I don't care, right? It doesn't matter. What all I can again uh, speak on is my observation, my experience. TikTok has been phenomenal for me. I choose what my algorithm sends me. I've met so many incredible people there that I've had on the show that have been an incredible part of this tribe that I'd love to share with you and your audience as well. So again, it's not about the thing, it's about the alchemy of the thing. And everything has dual energies in it, everything. Yeah. And with the morning practice that I was just telling you about, with the awareness of energies in two things, you now get the vision to choose, right? This is what we call a choice point, not reality. Number one, I'm not telling you anything new. I'm just reminding you of things. Number two, it's all up to you. So you can absolutely choose this. Now, uh, you can sit there and say, ah, oh, this dude's absolutely full of shit, please prove me wrong. Because if my experience is not what your experience is, and you maybe have some tweaks to it or some things that you could help me help others to articulate in a little bit better way, please bring that on. So just like the flat earth concept, I encourage anyone to debunk this uh, and to say that it doesn't change your life by actually following it. If you actually commit to this, you're, you're going to see magic. That's all yeah. I can say. It's yeah, absolute yeah. magic after that. I think um, a, a lot of people will, will poo-poo things. But what I've realized is I want to be influenced and inspired and be given advice from people who are living the life I want to live. So if you're, if you're not like, like visibly, first of all, if you're not visibly happy, I don't give a fuck 
yeah. about any yeah. any advice you're gonna give me, right? If you are clearly thriving, if, if like when I look at you, dude, like you, like when I listen to your to you talk to your guests, this just this beautiful energy radiating, just fucking radiating out. It's it's um it's very difficult to even explain uh, what I mean, right? But this, these are the kind of people I want to spend more time with because you know how they say you are the product of who you interact with the most. So these are the kind of people I want to learn from, interact more, listen to their shows more because I, I am. We're constantly being. We're super malleable. We're constantly being shaped by our environment. And you know, I, I it, it, it's like you choose your environment. So the you know the, what's on your walls, what's in your fridge. What's in your ears? What's in, what your eyes are exposed to? So I love, um, uh, you know. So so when I listen to, for example, I'll give you an example, right? Um, like for me, I, I I love, I actually love debating with materialists, atheists, stuff like that, for for whatever reason, because I I love to to see sort of where they're coming from why are they so sort of detached from source or or why you know who hurt them that kind of way what trauma who hurt you who hurt you you just want to hug them it's like it's okay god still loves you <laughs> so um you know what i mean like uh I, I don't even know what my point was there but uh like anyone that poops this stuff it's like okay but are you happy like you, you, you're criticizing, you know, these guys, but like, these are modern, like guys like you, you're like a, a modern day magician. Like when you talk about alchemy, this, this is magic. You're, you're literally manifesting the reality that you want. And to be honest with you, this is right now, I believe it should be my highest priority, or this is my, my, my greatest desire because um, I got let, uh, let go from my job a little bit over two months ago. And after the, initial butthurt period of a couple of weeks i'm like this this happened to me i believe my soul or whatever higher self manifested this because i have no qualm in admitting i hated that job and i I hate i've always hated working like in the tech industry i never liked it it was a means to an end and i've always wanted to for a very long time to work in health to actually dude i was like eight years old i knew i was telling my mother I will one day write a book. And when we were 18, 19, 20, partying, you know, going to techno parties and smoking weed and all this stuff, I would like waste and I'd be joking with, with the dudes out there hanging out. Like, I will write the book one day, you'll see. And they would like just mock me, like some of the less friendly types, they would mock me like, who the, who the fuck's going to read your book, you know, you clown and stuff. <laughs> so a lot of people were shocked because I did my 20s. I was, you know, a very... Um, I was gallivanting a lot, you know, being a bit of a talk about my twenties, if you'd like, yeah, yeah, what I can remember of them, yeah, exactly. Like if what from what I remember, I was a little bit of a cunt. That's just <laughs> <laughs> you were exactly the way you needed to be because yeah, if yeah. you weren't a cunt, which you so successfully <laughs> said, then uh, you wouldn't be the beautiful person sitting here before us today. I think that's that that that's that's right because if you just had this sheltered existence and you were you were protected from everything that can hurt you or everything that is negative well then what are you going to be you're just going to be like 
you don't have empathy. That's yeah. what it is. It's experience breeds empathy. And for you to be connectable too and affable and communicable, then you need empathy. You need to be able to relate to people. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is like the type of thing that you and I do, man, and um, you're right on on this. Like you've absolutely nailed this. You can't, there is a no more bullshit thing that occurs whenever you decide stuff like this. Wonderful book called uh, The War of Art by a guy named Stephen I Pressfield. It. I love that Right. Book. Love and it's it. about exactly so what you experienced on a microcosm back then that you can see now from your awareness now having that information is is that you see that what was occurring there back then that day was the resistance that was the resistance of the energies that you were in a vibrational match for that you no longer were by your desire and so those things pop up they're going to and this is to keep you where you are so i highly recommend and i know you've probably already recommended this to everyone the war of art stephen pressfield it's like a two and a half hour audiobook list yeah I have it is not book. long. He puts a bunch of little music in it and stuff. It's fantastic. But uh, he's a fiction author normally, but this is what he writes about, about um, the resistance, meaning that when you change your mind and you actually follow your desires, a bunch of stuff is going to pop up telling you that you don't want to do that, right? To see. And that's all it is. It's an opportunity. And if you can recognize it for that, that's the alchemy. You see it. You're like, oh, I see this. This is an opportunity. That's all yeah. it is. He also has another book called Nobody Wants to Read Your Shit. Oh, I love that. I, I did not know this. I'm going to check him out. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah. This, I'm not a fan of the, uh, I guess, self-deprecation right there. I'd drop a queef on him if he was on the show, <laughs> but that's fine. I, 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 love, I love it because um, he is right, dude. He is right in that way. And for me, dude, I you have no idea how much pain I went through the last three years. I published my book, and I, I know I've told the story multiple times. So some people are listening is like, Jesus Christ, you're such a drama queen, bro. But I published my book literally like on the 10th of March, um, 2020, which was like that week was when the massive lockdowns happened. That was the massive lockdowns, and everyone was you know scrambling. To, to, to stock up on toilet paper. So my, my book launch and the subsequent months were just a flop of the highest order. And um, then I had to get the tech job and stuff. So I just completely stopped working on promoting the book. And um, I feel like I not, I feel like I let myself down mostly. I, I feel like in these three years, I could have reached so many more families if I had just, you know, forced myself to do more, but then I had the baby and then I just feel like now that I'm doing this stuff again, I, it's not making money, uh, or very little cash is coming in, but I almost don't care right now. I feel so good that I'm, I, I, I was on uh, Sam Tripoli's podcast, uh, last month and I sold like 30 books. I sold like 45 books since then, uh, this month and last month. In a month, you know, in a month and a bit. So I'm like 45 people, 45 families now have my book. Who like just I can just think of the the ripple effect that can have of those children getting those, you know what I mean? So uh I don't know where I was going with this, but um you well, you, sorry, you it, was the press, it, it was the Pressfield thing. So now, anytime I start a project, like this course I was telling you about, I'm always thinking of Stephen Pressfield. Nobody wants to read my shit. Nobody gives a, 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 a gosh darn about me or my stuff. So I have to work extra hard to actually make it valuable. This is, I think this is, so I, I sort of alchemize that negativity and like, yeah, you know what? You're going to have to make something special. 
You can't just half-ass it in a weekend, this thing, and then think people are going to appreciate it. You have to work really hard. So this is, it, it gives me a lot of oomph and a lot of motivation to like produce quality. It might not be like beautifully with beautiful designs and PowerPoints and like beautiful fade-ins and cuts, but the information, which is the most important thing, is of quality that I believe is respectable, you know? That's Do you mind if I add an, a new perception to that? Sure, yeah. Okay, so what occurred with you the first time you released your book, you were extremely attached to an outcome. Yes, right? exactly. And that outcome showed you that it didn't happen. So this is, again, you put a lot of mental energy, and thank you for being vulnerable and walking us through this because this is perfect because this is the perfect example of this, brother. I'm so grateful you brought it up. This is the reason your audience gets to hear this for the whatever time. Uh, so what I've what I viewed, again, you know, is I would see my parents go through something like that. Oh, I'd put everything into this, and it's all going to work out great, and then it didn't. Or, oh, this is all going to work out horribly, and it worked out great. So what I found was that just in my young observation, just this idea of attachment and this idea of hanging on to something is really the fastest way to let it go. You know, what's that um, Zen thing? Uh, what you hold on to disappears. It vanishes, right? Have you ever seen that uh, little video of the raccoon that takes his little cotton candy over to the water? <laughs> you should absolutely watch this. Let me see if I actually, I can probably pull this up for your audience. Um, so what this has to do with is that, uh, again, it's attachment. Um, Apologies, audio only audience. Okay, so what raccoons do? Can I share my screen on? No, the, the, we don't. Have no. <laughs> okay. Well, I tell you what. I'm going to send you the video. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll send it you. to you. Yeah, and then you can attach it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There we go. And again, apologies, uh, audio only audience. So what this video depicts, though, I'll walk you through it if you haven't seen it. This is a raccoon. Now, what raccoons do is they go wash their food. Uh, and so if you give a raccoon a piece of cotton candy, guess what he's going to do? He's going to go wash it. And guess what cotton candy does when it gets wet? It completely evaporates. It goes away. And he's just like, what the fuck? And this poor little raccoon, I'm sure they gave him another one off camera. I'm, I'm hoping that they <laughs> did. But this poor thing goes over and it's vanished. It's gone. And it's sort of just something, you know, the cat analogy. If anyone out there has cats, uh, you will absolutely get this idea, this concept of repelling what you desire in a, in a in a certain energy, okay? So this is one of these real world as above, so below sort of hacks or sort of observations that I've made about manifestation. Okay, the cat analogy. If you've ever had a cat, if you've got one now, whenever you, uh, when my cats, um, we have two young younger cats that we only let outside whenever we're out there with them because we live on 12 acres. There's, we lost one to a bobcat, so there's all sorts of reasons for that. Oh. So the, the thing about that is we only let them out for a little bit, right? And supervise. Now, when we're ready to get them back in, you can't run over to the cat and, chase it, right? Because it runs just out of arm's length and it'll wait for you to get there and you'll be huffing and puffing and you get all over to it all frustrated and you get right to it and it runs out of your arms, right? And the reason for this, I feel, is the same thing that happens in manifestation because you want it too damn much and you want it too much from an energy that's not reciprocable, okay? So think about a relationship anyone's been in beyond a cat. Uh, if you get what we call a stage four clinger, somebody that's texting you constantly, calling you constantly, you don't want to interact with that energy because it's too much. Like you can't reciprocate. No matter what you do, it won't be good enough, right? You won't be able to top that. And that that's an impossible thing, right? Number one, you're not responsible for anyone else's happiness. But number two, that energy we put out ourselves, you know, again, if you are that stage four clinger, realize that this is why nobody's calling you back. And we love you either way. So the other thing about this is, is then, well, what's the alchemy to this? How do we see it for if we're chasing something, if we're running to something, if we want something, um, if we feel that we need to work really, really hard to have it, what is that? What that is, is an energy that keeps you in this trap. It keeps you with it just out of reach. Now, again, back to the cat analogy. How do I get my cats in the house? I'm not still outside chasing them. We let them out every day. 
uh, I turn around and turn my back on them. I walk all the way back up to the house, no matter where they are. And I forget all about it. I have no attachment to whether they want to come inside or not, even though I know that they could survive or have better chances of survival, all of these things I desire from my higher perspective. But one thing that I can do is detach my attachment to the outcome because that's what I have power over. I'll be damned if I don't make it all the way back up to the house and that cat's waiting on me. It's in my legs everywhere, wants to know why I turned around and wasn't chasing it anymore. And it can't stop rubbing up on me and wants just to be picked up, picked up and cuddled. And now I'm ready for that because I'm in a place where I didn't have any attachment from it. The same exact thing happens with everything. I mean, everything. And you'll start to look at outcomes like, oh, I want my child to be the safest possible. And so you scrub them down and you get all that microbiome off of them and you're filling them full of all the uh, antibacterial shit. And, you know, it's actually counterproductive, right? Because we know that children get that microbiome from being dirty, from getting Mm -hmm. a little roughed up, from getting scabs, right? So it's this idea of too much attachment or an unhealthy attachment to an outcome. And anytime you put something on a pedestal, that is the guaranteed way to that you can just sit there and watch it because that's as far as you're going to get from it is whatever pedestal you put it on. But when you do this sans attachment, and that is that is like the thing that is where the alchemy really comes in because you say, you know what, I would love for this thing to be in my experience. But if I don't get it, cool. I am just proud of myself that I released a book. I am just proud of myself. And this is why the second time when you did it, right, the second time you greeted the same energy, because it's the same energy, it's a release, it's a, it's your baby, and there's a lot of emotion and soul wrapped up into this because it's yours. It's the thing you've been, the thing you did that everyone said you couldn't, right? So there's a lot of emotional energy there. So how could you not be so attached, right? Yeah. I understand it completely. There, again, is this alchemy to this. And so the way that you did it next time, because you have both examples here, is you said, you know what? Awesome. Uh, it's out. I've got my heart and soul in it. I'm not upset anymore that the release was flopped because that was my expectation of it. That was what I was attached to. So, of course, right? But now because of this newfound, you know what? Um, I love it. I let the cat out. It's it's walking around. Tim, uh, you know, Sam calls. Now now Sam, now Charlie, now Chris, right? And now you've got these big shows that are they're pumping your info because you're a vibrational match for it. That cat wants, it can't get away from me now, brother. And this is the thing to maintain. And 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 the, what I have uh, said is to maintain this throughout. And so really it's then staying in alchemy and staying in vibration and being aware of it. But confidence as a concept, confidence is just a series of successes. So the more you implement things like this and the more you see micro successes on in your life, and I would really recommend to take this slow and here's why. Not a lot of people talk about when you get what you want. It's terrifying, terrifying. I have uh, one of the scariest moments of my life was when I got back from Atlanta. I flew back from Atlanta. I'm now the manager, the reality expander of a group called Phi Tribe. This hundred, I think they're up to 116,000 subscribers on YouTube now, making this incredible music. We've got to talk because your audiobook needs a track, and we'll talk. So all these amazing things occurring. Two days later, after flying back from that. Um, which completely replaced my daytime job, by the way. Like, uh, that's it. I'm no more doing, I only do what I love in full alignment. Uh, two days after that, um, I get a call from David Warner Matheson asking if I can attend uh, with my wife for the first time in eight years, going on vacation with my wife out to Utah for that contact at the Canyon thing, which is what we just got back to. So in like a two-day period, I was the most elated I could handle. And honestly, this is what I'd been, air quotes, manifesting. I'd stopped the whole odd oh, like money and money actually just leads to freedom. So actually, I just want the freedom. What I stopped and did was I just need to be a vibrational match for the highest happiness I can hold. 
Now, this I feel is a true genuine matrix hack. So I'm going to share it here. Earlier on in the conversation, I talked about that my grandmother used to say, don't pray for patience, honey, because you're not going to get it. You're going to get situations that allow you to experience patience. Okay, so what does this alchemist ass do? Well, I'm going to flip that on its head. I'm going to dare the universe to make me the happiest I've ever been and to dare it to push the threshold of what my idea of elation is. And, and it did that. This is what was terrifying about it. I got the happiest I've ever been and it was incredibly uncomfortable in the best way. I realized it, like I'm just getting chills talking about it. I was shaking. I was grounding in this little labyrinth thing that I mowed out back. It's like a 1300 step around labyrinth that snakes through the uh, natural grasses out here in Texas. So it would spring right now. So we have all these wildflowers. So nice. I ground in that every single day, barefoot. But I was walking that thing five, six times a day, just crying my eyes out with pure joy and elation. Wow. I don't know if people have ever been that scared of being that happy, but that's what it felt like. And it was incredible. I can't wait for more. And so what it did was is that it pushed the thresholds. It flexed the muscles for me of how happy I can be and how much joy and elation I can experience. Now, again, if you choose to do this, I'd gone through many cleansing processes to where a lot of the big shit in my life had already fallen away many times over, fallen away, fallen away, fallen away, just constant restripping, figuring out who I am, going within my thought ninja, really mindful of my thoughts and my morning routine. And two months after I started that morning routine that I was telling you about, this was the moment I experienced. I put it up on TikTok. I was crying with elation, just wow. so joyful and gratitude. So this is what I want for folks. But again, be ready for it you know, uh, test the universe instead of, well, I don't want this. And so it keeps sending me more of it. Perhaps, you know, again, uh, as a, as a, just a, for shits and gigs say, you know what? I, I dare the universe to make me as happy as it can. Whenever I play the, whenever I play the what if game, it's only what's the best that can happen. So let's, let's see it. You know, universe, I dare you show me how great it gets. Walk around with that. I'm the luckiest entity in the universe. Everything always works out for me. Show me how great it gets. If I'm so worthy, show me. Now you're either going to get triggers or you're going to get it, and you are really going to get it, and it is going to be very uncomfortable. Think of, again, uh, this is one of those nervous system exercises. Everybody goes, oh, I want to win the lottery. Okay, but have you really thought about what being given and handed $400 million would do to your nervous system? Like, really think about that, because that's what you're flexing whenever you're talking about joy and elation. People heart attacks and die. People OD on coke because they just can't handle it. Uh, give it all away and it'd be gone the next year. Well, what is that? And it's because they haven't fortified their nervous system for that type of joy and elation. Yeah, it's what you want, but I mean, go sit with it for a minute. And then, you know, you really start to take that. Earlier on, I mentioned, you know, your salary, your desired salary per year, uh, $400 million. Okay, well, take that and really sit with that. What does that look like? How does that feel? What do the people look like that come up to you and say, you could solve all of our problems in a day if you would just get rid of what you've got and give it to us? Like, what does that feel like? You know what I mean? So again, these nervous system sort of shocks or awarenesses or um, tests, if you will, are just probes of the system. And again, you're not failing at anything. You're learning how to do it, right? Like the light bulb thing. So again, you alchemize that beautifully uh, in your second in, in iteration. So this is a beautiful, uh, a real world example of exactly what we're talking about here. The so resistance, do, attachment, you, all of it. You, so is this, is this kind of the aspect of you need to visualize, let's say winning the lottery, you need to try to get into the state of like let's say when they're giving you the big check or whatever and you're like your hands are shaking like oh my god i can have it so you is that part of the manifestation process where you, you basically you visualize not just visualize but it almost embody the emotions and the like you say the nervous system state of whatever state you are looking to manifest absolutely i'll give you one of mine um 
this is just being very vulnerable here. Uh, going on a big show, like let's say Aubrey Marcus or Joe Rogan has been on my mind simply because of the guests that I have. I have no ego in this show. Yeah. The ego in it is, is that I am a, a magnet for incredible people. I know this. This is, one of, this is my superpower. I'm a magnet for incredibly cool people. And the thing I would like and my desire, my manifestation is for all those people to be known by everyone and to be able to benefit because I know what level of service they're at. Now, this comes twofold. I, let's say that I'm sitting uh, across from, let's say, Rogan, okay? I visualized that. I got into that chair, and I was shaking. Uh, it terrified me. So I was like, okay, so what is that about? What is that energy? Was it just because I'm not ready? Was it because I don't want to misrepresent you know, this tribe that I have in the form of the guests that I've had on the show and everyone that listens, the audience, everything, my um, you know, uh, friends here and, and the tribe that also does this? It's, you know, representing that was heavy for me. And then I felt that, oh, I don't need have that social responsibility. Actually, all I need to do is be a vibrational alignment for what I want, my desires, which is to represent that community in the best of my ability. Now, would I be doing that if I'm sitting across from Joe Rogan shaking, can't even have a conversation? The answer to that is no. So my goal is to be in vibrational alignment to be the highest service I can for my tribe. And if that means going on there and representing them in a way that's going to be conducive and useful and valuable, then absolutely I'll do it. But if I'm not ready to physically hold the energies of that vibration mentally, emotionally, and in my nervous system, then there's no way that I'm going to be able to do that. So again, my goal is altruistic. There's no ego in this, but being able to sit there in front of that man would promote the show in such a way that the tribe would be un, it would be unequivocal to the amount of good being done in one drop of an episode, right? Because of the exposure and how many people have I mentioned in this episode? This is just how I speak. I, I mention everyone. So that idea of sitting there and holding that nervous system energy, and again, this is just a personal one for me. It's going to be different for everyone. Um, telling that person that you don't want to be in that relationship anymore because they're you're sick of their toxicity and you just want to do something else. Standing up to yourself in a, um, a harsh work environment and realizing that no is a complete sentence. These are, these are things that shock people's nervous systems on very small levels, um, but they're very massive and they impact everything. So paying attention to those is something that's been in the forefront of my mind. And so again, fortifying my nervous system for the highest joy and elation, which would really be what that moment is. It's not nervous anxiety. It's it's excitement and elation. They're, again, two sides of the same coin. So then how do I take it from this nervous anxiety to elation? What does that goal and gap look like? And all it is is your perspective. That's it. It's fascinating. I mean, it's really that simple. It is really that fucking simple. I don't even know what to say now. Like, it's uh, can you can you give us maybe an for for folks listening a practical and maybe another example of let's say let let's say someone is has like a some like a podcast or that they have a, a small business a side hustle that they want to make their main source of income and. Um, basically have that freedom it allows that financial freedom but just freedom let's just call it with the big f how do what what do we how do we sort of embody that so that we can manifest it how, how would you approach that first i'd call dewey taylor uh because that dude has just the best advice on this his course is worth whatever he's asking for it's worth way more uh, again that dude saved my life and it's the perspectives he offered me that are where uh, this comes from. So it's going to be not challenging, but it'll be, there's so much to catch up there that Dewey 
was able to do as far as perspectives, as far as value. Um, one really great thing, though, that I can mention now that we're talking through it is a worthiness letter. Uh, you can write yourself a worthiness letter, meaning that you are worthy of being happy. You are worthy of all the things that you want and love. Because this is another thing not a lot of people tell you about. People are terrified of success, terrified of it. They don't feel worthy of being able to stand up in front of folks and speak their truth or to speak their reality and say what they think about this place or anything, what they found, all of that because of scrutiny, because of any of the ego things that would hold you back from being your true self, right? But again, it's all the program. It's all resistance. So a worthiness letter is one incredibly actionable way to just release all that stuff. And we've got it. I don't know when this is going to come out. The full moon is coming up here in a week and some change. So full moons are one of these arcs of cycles throughout the month that I um, participate in and it's that you release. You release what no longer serves you on the full full moon. Mm -hmm. Now you can do this at any time. It doesn't have to be the full moon. It's not like there's some magical power. It's whatever you give it. So if you want to do this on third quarter, cool, go for it. If you want to do it on new moon, whatever. Um, some people feel differently about that. It's just about who you listen to and how much of your power you give away to the information they have as far as how much effect it has on you. Just to be very clear and that, that applies to everything. So I would really say, um, yeah, that, that that's what I would do. I mean, write yourself a worthiness letter worthy of everything that you want. No one else needs to read it. Uh, here's why I'm worthy. And then if there's anything that triggers you in that, set that off in a side list and, and work with that. But really write that letter and then burn it and release it. Okay, so you, you write the worthiness letter and then you need to burn it. Yeah, that's one of the goals is because it's, again, part of the alchemy thing. What you're doing is this is Phoenix rising from the ashes. You are taking those things and you are obliterating them from reality. They're no longer physically in reality because you wrote all of the things down uh, that you reasons you weren't worthy. And then you write all the reasons why you are worthy. And so you sit there and you just bathe this entire letter of the things uh, that you're releasing and then the things of why you're releasing those things because they're contradictory to your worthiness. And remember that thing, if it undermines my worth, it will be replaced. That is one of the best mantras. I've got it right here, little flowers on it. So that's um, something that I would say to that, worthiness letter and then burn it. Actually, Physically that, watch it go away. That So that actually, thank you for mentioning that again. It reminds, reminds me something I wanted to ask you earlier. When it comes to writing down affirmations in your to have in your space around you, I've heard that it's good to work with one affirmation would you say multiple is better? Is there like a magic number that you want to work with? Or is, does the subconscious just is, is able to process any amount? Any amount. Uh, the subconscious is, in my mind, sort of equivalent to the Akashic Records. It's got everything. It's got all the information. Uh, you, you can tap into anything. And this is why the more uh, noise you push out of your life, the more worry, the more whatever – um, you're able to be quiet and hear it. It's a voice inside there. It's very faint. All you have to do is quiet all the noise. That's it. Quiet all the what ifs, quiet all the oh my gods and and the this could happen and holy shit, I can't believe she said that. Holy shit, I can't believe my mom, whatever. Like these things are all noise. It's just noise. And if you quiet it down, you really, you can hear that voice inside you because it'll say that one of the best affirmations is, and it's an Abraham Hicks thing, just ask yourself, do you know what I want and do you know where it is? You will get an answer. Do you know what I want? Do you know where it is? Just repeat that. So to answer your question more directly, I would say focus on one thing that pings to you. Stick with the universe provides options for a little bit. Really, really hammer that one in for about a week or two, maybe the full 21 days of the first part of your practice. Now, if you want to add new things to it because you feel very confident that you've gotten new awarenesses in that time, and you will, I would, me personally, I would just focus the shit out of one until I see it really manifest. Because what you'll see is, 
you'll see these pings of starts of echoes. And then you'll go, oh shit, well that was something I was, that was a mantra I had 20, some 30 whatever days ago. And now I'm seeing it and now it's gone. So perhaps, again, it's all based on you and what you're able to mentally conceptualize. And really what this has to do, it's what you find possible. So again, with my show, what we do is we talk about the possibilities and we expand those quite a bit for this reason, because what's possible changes constantly. Uh, and the fact that someone's telling you that you are limited in any way is only their perception of what's possible. And so this idea of other people's perceptions, OPP, uh, a lot of people are down with OPP, you know what I mean? And it's it's one of these things to where like you can free yourself from it by simply the awareness of it. That That's all it is. It's You can't unsee things once you learn them, right? And this is one of those things. I'd stick with one. Just, just hold down that things come to me easily and effortlessly or hold down the if it undermines my worth, it will be replaced if this is a worthiness thing. And a lot of things have to do with that, with worthiness. If you're like, especially with where you are right now, you've got it all. There's no reason for you not to be living your 100% desires. I could say some worthiness is probably in there just simply because the I'm giving you my list of things that I checked off. So I'm not assuming anything, but I will say for me, it was a worthiness thing when it was definitely um, uh, lack. It was um, scarcity mindset. And that yeah. had to do with my upbringing. That had yes. to do with what you said about I must work hard for things to achieve. It, it's not, it, it's a false truth. You don't. There's a magnetic position and you're you're right there and you see it now. There's a magnetic position you get to where you get in this state of, of course. It took me eight months to figure out what Dewey was talking about about that. But now I'm in of course energy. And it's whenever anything happens, you just go, of course. Uh, something amazing happened, of course. David Warner Matheson calls to invite my wife and I on the first trip we've ever had to the place that I'd come up with this secret vacation for us years ago, but 2020 hit and we didn't go on it. Utah, Zion, Bryce, that's where my trip to surprise my wife was to go. And he calls me two days after. Now I'm the manager to replace this construction job. No, no more construction for this guy. Now I'm just living my life and doing whatever I want because it's all awesome. And this all happened right in that window. And now it's just like, of course, of course, of course, David Matheson called and we got to go do that. <laughs> of course, when we were out there, we met this amazing woman on the trail that did an incredible documentary that I'm going to have on the show. Of course, yeah. like it's, it's this energy to where it's just abundance. Of course, of course, of course, this is what all the things we've talked about here today will lead you to. And I can't wait. And it's all up to you. So just yeah. you decide how quickly you want your of courses and how quickly you want to be this happy. Because again, the being this happy is something that you really need to build up to. It's, it's not something that happens overnight because it can't. You will absolutely lose it. You will. But it is a muscle you can flex. And I gave you the hack today. Dare the universe. Dare it to show you how great it gets. Jesus and bro, it will. I, it must. I have not had this many bouts of goosebumps in an hour and 17 minutes. <laughs> I'm getting them too. Do you know, I've, I heard a really cool thing um, from somebody about those goosebumps, and it was from her grandmother. I had a guest on the show named Louisa Firethorn. She came up with this amazing thing out in Washington, which me and you will, when you come over, we'll, we'll go out there and check it out. It's a sonosphere and it like spins around you and stuff. I'm going to actually send it, I'll link it, I'll send it so you can link it in the show so other people can check it too. But, um, what were we talking about? Oh, goosebumps. Okay. So what she said was, is her grandmother, uh, her grandmother's perception on that was whenever you get goosebumps, they're in three phases, right? So the first phase would be, uh, from your head down, that means it's true for you whenever you say it. Now, whenever you're with other people and they say it and you get it from the feet up, that means it's true for them. Now, if you get it whenever you're talking or interacting with someone, then you get it all over your body at once. That means it's true for everyone. 
So that's sort of the indicator in your body, right? That um, those uh, muscle tests that they do, the yeah, yeah. Uh, strength tests and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those indicators. I thought it was brilliant. Bro. That was so cool. That just, dude, like she's I, great. You should absolutely have her on too. I'd love oh, to connect. Man, with you. I would I love to. Sent her um, website in the chat there. Thanks. Oh, thank you, bro. Um, yeah, man. You know how um, <laughs> I, you know that Zen uh, parable. Where the guy goes to the to the butcher, the meat market, and says, "Give me the best piece of meat that you have," and the butcher says, "Every piece of meat I have is the best." And at that moment, that man attained enlightenment. You know, yes. I feel like it's it, it's the same way with my guests. Like every guest, dude. It's like every guest. I'm like, damn. Like I am Yo. so grateful. Like. To, to be able to meet guys like you, you know, but it's every time I, I, I have to st sort of <laughs> come up with new nomenclature for awesomeness <laughs> every time. Like Jesus. We need a bigger thesaurus. I know. I do I the same to, thing. Incredible. Awesome. I need uh, to get things. a more bigger thesaurus. That's yes. A more bigger thesaurus. I love that you put it that way, by the way. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. That was not lost on me. Uh, but yeah, thank you for the kind words, but honestly, man, it's, it's you. It's, it's being able to come here and be myself, man. That's yeah. a, that's a big, 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 big thing. And the fact that you and I are in alignment, because that's what this is, you know, and you and I spoke about it earlier. We didn't even click on the email. So you and I are in alignment. Absolutely. And this more proves it. But again, I'm grateful to meet a brother here today. I mean, yeah. you've got, you've got a brother forever I and mean, this is a tribe, oh, you know, and I'm yeah, so man. grateful for this opportunity, man. Bro. Thank you. Listen, thank you so much like this episode is a master class in manifesting the reality you want for yourself for the listeners i believe there's just tremendous value here so thank you so much for for this episode bro truly and, grateful beyond words and of course we, there's so much more in that head of yours <laughs> so you know you're uh if we, if you want to come come back on you know as many times as you want. I, I feel like we can talk for like hours and hours and hours on many topics, you know, but um, yeah, let me know. And I'll come back anytime you want. First of all, cause this is tremendous. You're a remarkable, remarkable dude. Thanks, and man. also I'll bring some friends of mine. If you want me to bring like Pat Mahan on and Dewey sometime, dude, and we can all force it here. That would, dude, that would ruin the internet. Actually. I'm that, pretty sure they would shut it down after that. that Let's be, get that set up because that would fucking be amazing. Let's yeah. do it, dude. We can, we, I, I just did my first three-way interview um, last week with uh, the reality czars. It was a hell of a lot of love fun. Love those guys. Yeah, 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 I love them. It was a yeah. hell of a lot. I love these um, uh, sort of, you know, panel type of discussions. Man, let's do it, bro. Let's do it. Let's do it. I we'll set done. it up outside of this. But the, thanks yeah. again, man. And Thank you. Ju just so we kind of stick to the format, let me ask you this now. My my question that I ask of every guest except that guy that I forgot the one time <laughs> for my solutions talks uh, segment, Brandon, can you tell, can you share with the listeners, please, what are you doing that others can do also to increase their freedom, self-reliance, autonomy, and or resilience to the challenges that we face this decade and beyond? Get to know your relationship with you. That is the answer. I could stop it there, but I'll elaborate a little bit. <clears throat> the more you know you, the less fuck with the bull you are. And this reality, this whatever, it can be viewed from multiple positions. And some of the positions I take on it is that it's designed to fuck with you. It, that's its job is to 
make you you, right? And so when you take the universe up on that, that's when everything gets magical and amazing here. Beyond that, the solutions would just be to find out what I mean by that. Like if that doesn't ring a bell for you, go seek that out. Like find out what your relationship by you means. Now there's a lot of things we've spoken about in this and thank you again for your kind words. This is just everyone like Pat, Dewey, all the people that I've um, taken all this information for and I've been air quotes manifesting for well over 20 years now. So there's a lot of things in it. I feel, I will say I got a lot of feedback because failure is not a thing. I got a lot of feedback the first time that I picked up the book, The Secret. And it was just one of these things where I found a thousand ways not to manifest. I will say that. And so what I've really figured out though lately is my relationship with me. And that's when it all turned. That's it. So that, if I can, if I can impart one singular focus is that idea of there's a reason why whenever you go on a plane and people, the mass draw from the, drop from the thing and they tell you to put yours on first, that's because you're not shit to anyone else. If you're over there suffocating and dying, you can't help your family. You can't be whatever you want if you're, if you're dying, right? So the, again, this idea of self-reliance, tend your garden, figure out your relationship with you. That's profound, bro. Thank you. And uh, just before we wrap up, please tell the listeners where they can find your, your work. Dude, absolutely. I just got to say, before we wrap up here, outstanding Christian. Dude, you, again, you've made a brother, man. This is fantastic. I can't tell you how like excited I am. <laughs> I'm going to run out and tell, my, tell the wife all about you here. And she's going to be like, awesome. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But uh, just before I came here for the interview, I was downstairs telling my wife, okay, I'm going. Because, you know, we have, we have she has to know if I'm available or not because we have a kid and stuff. So I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is like so awesome, so positive. Oh, my God, this guy. Please, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Thank you so much. And you did now. This is beautiful. And thank you for saying that. Thank you so much. It honestly took me a long time to get to being able to accept compliments like that. But mm. that has to do with the worthiness letter. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you again. Uh, just expandingrealitypodcast.com, guys. You can find it on YouTube, Rockfin, everywhere, Odyssey, I think. Um, the website's sort of the mothership. And that thing I designed all myself. And it goes out of the book. So also, we'll just plug the book real quick. Yeah. There's a handbook that goes along with the show. And um, I hope to see, dude, your next book with a Redigital logo on it. And you and I need to talk about that. So let's absolutely talk about getting you published with a Redigital. So you guys can check this out. It's a handbook with the show. And one thing I just want to point out on here is the reason that um, I made this is not only to build value for the audience. You can follow along in here. This thing I made all in Canva and all that stuff. So very, very proud of it. But what this was for in the Redigital publishing is for, which just means ridiculously original. Okay. Uh, that is to empower authors and content creators like you as well. So if anybody's got a story out there, let's take a meeting. If any other content creators out there want to do something like this to add value for their show, that's really what this was about is to inspire and connect. Also, I know a bunch of artists that are wonderful. So also, if you're an artist that's interested in collaborating with these authors for book covers and things like that, we have a massive network. And that is what this is. It's um, a beautiful, beautiful dance and a symphony. And so very proud of that. And you can find all that on expandingrealitypodcast.com, which again is the website. That'll link it everywhere. We're on all the socials. I think the show goes out to like 50 something places. So we're on all the podcast platforms. I just sat down one week and got on every one I could find. I think it goes out to like 40 different ones across <laughs> wow. the planet. Yeah, it's a, there's a bunch out there. I didn't even know about it until yeah. I did it. And so Anyway, so that's where that's where you can find it. That's where it goes out. And guys, reach out. You know, um, this is awesome. I love talking to everybody. So, reach out, and Christian. I've got to get you on the show, dude. I'm, we're booking this whenever uh, we get off here for sure. Awesome, bro. I, let me just can I, can I just, please just give us uh, a little bit of um, the background around Redigino. Just how when did you launch? Is that your first sort of book on it? What's the story there? 
Yeah, so this is the first uh, book, and thank you for asking. Uh, Redigital is a poly word that I made up, yeah. God, well over 20 years ago. It means ridiculously original, okay? So we have ridiculously original authors, and we do everything from children's books to low-content things, which is what this is called. Uh, this is more of a participatory thing where you, uh, we created something and then the audience participates mm. in it. In between every episode, like every three, there's a writing prompt, something about psychedelics, uh, ancient mysteries, what would you ask an alien, really nice. cool graphics and things like there. So again, with this, it was to inspire folks uh, to to get involved in something like this for themselves as well. And so uh, the publishing house has been around for well over six months. I really haven't nice. said much about it. Just simply because divine timing, and now is the divine time for all of that. We have the book ready. We have the, you know, all of it's running through the expandingrealitypodcast.com right now. So just email me through there. But we're uh, working on getting all that set up as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. And again, my whole goal is to empower authors. I work with a lot of publishers as well, Flying Disc Press uh, and, and a few others. And some of them, you know, either don't have uh, time. Like there are some authors that are phenomenal. They go, they go, dude, you have an awesome story. We just don't have time to publish it, right? Or it just not necessarily fits within the big publishing houses of like Schuster and stuff like that, where they don't, uh, they've got more, they've just got a, um, they've got a way of doing things. Now with, with us, it's, it's all about empowerment, dude. I don't want any of your copyrights. Like we don't own any of that. I want you, I'm going to show you how to publish and copyright your own shit. So this is all about empowerment. And so uh, that's what it is. And um, I'm very passionate about it. Reading has been uh, a part of my life forever. I mean, in fourth grade, I got a, uh, one of my teachers handed me a Calvin and Hobbes book because I just couldn't read whatever the hell they were reading. And it challenged me so much because of the words. I mean, you know, Bill Watterson's incredible vocabulary and the way that he drew story out, the conclusions and the concepts he was talking about for a fourth grader, that was a big deal. And so I sat there with that book and a, and a dictionary and just fell in love with books and reading and storytelling. And so... Um, of course, it made sense as well with all the authors we have on. And I've even had a few authors that um, have done things with other publishers like, dude, we, I'm writing this book just for you. Like, we're writing this just to go into your publishing house. I can't wait. So it's wow. very exciting. And again, it's it's all kinds of stuff. Um, another one that we've got published coming out is uh, The Devil is in the Details. And this one is by Ford of the Phi Tribe. And again, highly recommend Phi Tribe. Um, P-H-I-T-R-I-B-E on youtube there and they have i'm gonna just send you the, the link right now nice. so you can include it in the deal nice. um and they're incredible just frequency music i mean just uh, you i can't even describe it it's it's yeah. incredible so there you go in that i know awesome. we're wrapping up so i won't go off on it but there you go <laughs> man amazing stuff amazing stuff uh yeah this this is so cool dude like i, I i've got um I've, I yep. want to. I, I I was like, what should I do next? Should I write another book? It feels like people want video courses more, but I do. I do actually want to. I even had a, at one point I had an idea. I had this um, graphic designer that did a few graphics from my first, you know, my book, um, and I actually had an idea about children's books, where we we teach children about the importance of health and healthy diet and what you know what i mean like so about or organic and how food becomes you know how food gets to our table just very very basic things that you know this society in the current state we're a little bit divorced from a little you know so about vitamins and obviously for different ages you want less technical right more technical but like because um you know, uh, the student that I trained, uh, did my breathing, Buteco breathing practitioner education. He he has a 
children's book about breathing. ABC, always breathe correctly. So it's about helping uh, kids learn how to breathe well, which is very important early early in life. It sets you up for even the way your jaw and your face develop. But um, if we can teach more through through their you know f- through a fun activity like this, if we can teach more kids about the importance why you don't want to eat too much sugar, why you want to eat more of this food and less of that. If we can do that at the early age, dude, like we're literally equipping, empowering people to to live their best life. So so many things, bro. That could you be you have a lot of children's books, and you and you, we, you and I have meetings to take about this. I'd be honored. Honor to publish a children's book series with you, brother. And I know some phenomenal illustrators. So we can, all of that's right here. Like yeah. all of that. And again, I'm getting chills like crazy. Yeah, uh, but this one was from all over, actually. So we know what that means now, right? It's for everyone. So yeah. that's what's so cool about this. Whenever I say something like this, I'm just like, oh, everyone. Yes, I get it. <laughs> so uh, we have we have so much to talk about. I can't for wait sure. to uh, speak more about this, brother. But um, yeah. just absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And yes, uh, you have a lot of books in you, man. So Bro. any way of it can be a service, please let me know. Thank you so much, guys. Brandon Thomas, thank you again, Brandon, for the honor. Thank you, brother.